Hey, hey everyone, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time Chat. I'm your host, Brittany. I know it's been a while. It's been a crazy month. Our schedules are so crazy right now. But I decided to hop on tonight and do a quick, uh, detailed episode. We are to the second to the last episode of season one, and then we'll go on season two. Uh, so what we are, we do teachings, preaching, lessons, scripture breakdown. It's a Christian-based topic podcast, so we are Christian-based. Uh, granted, I may not always get to do the lives or episodes, and that's okay. We will get them up when we can. So if you missed our episodes lately, you've been missing them. Um. Uh, Go ahead and get your notebooks and Bibles and pens out because tonight we're going to talk about how giving is a form of worship. So we do have a lot of scriptures and everything. So how is giving a form of worship? Tonight we are going to dive a little deeper in this form of worship and why it's important. So grab your Bible, pen the notebook, and get ready. We're going to look at the first scripture, and it's Malachi uh, chapter 3, 8 through 10. It's going to be a little bit longer tonight because we haven't been on in a while, so it may be the only one that we do this week. When I get back on the routine again, I'm going to try to um, get on Mondays and Fridays again. Try to depending on sleeping patterns, schedules, and all of that. And lately, or the last episode, you remember I was sick, so I've just now started to get recovering from that. So, we are back in action, and we're going to try to get back on track. So, Malachi 38, 13, this is the NIV. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tats and authoring, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tath into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, said the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So basically, you're not giving to God, you're robbing God. Now, there are circumstances where you... There's certain situations where you absolutely can't give. And we're going to go over that a little bit tonight as well. But, um, biblically speaking, even if you can't give to God, you are robbing to God, robbing of God. And if we're talking biblically, then yeah. And we're going to learn about tithes. We're going to learn about the percentages tonight, which I'm sure we've all heard a similar sermon or teaching in church so it may be similar to what you already know and you may learn something new so um basically you rob god when you don't give an example of giving or tabbing is our giving should be a reflection of what our heart treasures so matthew 6 21 is the next verse we are going to look at so the first one is Malachi 38 to 10, and the next one is Matthew 6, 
21. NIV. So it pretty much says what we literally just said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you have good intentions, if you have a good heart, you will know where to give your heart to, where to give your givens to. You will know where to give your money to or where to your priority. You will know. And then in return, you will be, bu- you will be blessed. So, that was Matthew 6, 21. Are given in, um, is basically a part of our worship with the Lord. If we're only involved in giving once in a while, um, or bare minimum, you know, we're, we are missing out on the great joy of giving or of being a giver. And that's 2 Corinthians 8 through 9. So again, the first verse was Malachi 3, 8 through 10. The second verse was Matthew 6 to 21. So Matthew 6, verse 21. The third one is Corinthians 8 or 2 Corinthians 8 through 9. NIV. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty, poverty might become rich. So that doesn't necessarily mean that we're rich, rich, rich in money. It means that we're rich in Christ's love. We're rich to the point where God's going to forgive us if we believe. We are rich in Christ's love. We are cleansed in his blood. That is the kind of richness that he is talking about in Second Corinthians 8 9. So we're going to look through a couple of breakdowns of this. And they're going to be in sections summarized. So you're going to want to uh, write this down to number one. So we who follow Jesus should excel in the grace of giving. Two, an expression of love we have for Jesus. It's why, it, it's why giving is an important act. So, three, God loves when we are willing and cheerful givers. So, basically, we don't argue. We don't hesitate. We don't disagree about it. We don't, you know, we don't turn the other cheek. We are cheerfully willing to give. Four, Willing and cheerful is more important than the amount. Some churches, you know, the, you know, rich churches and the more of a materialistic church, they're going to look at the amount also, but a true biblically church, and not going to look at the amount that you give. They're going to look at your heart and they're going to, Look at the cheerful and given just as God does. If you're truly leading a biblical church, you're going to see that. And we're talking like the big time, well-known churches that, 
care more about money and that's you know to be honest there are churches out there that do that and that's the wrong way that's not the biblical way of giving that is for their intention not for god intention that's not for good intention that's for their intention and that's not biblically correct at all so again the points were number one we who follow jesus should excel in the grace of giving two an expression of love we have for jesus three god loves when we are willing and cheerful to give for willing and cheerful is more important than the amount which I firmly believe that. Alright. Number five. Given is a result of a prop or a praise and thanksgiving. So given is a result of praise and thanksgiving. Six. Given should be a natural response to the grace gracious gift of mankind so it should just be natural it should just be in your heart if it's not then priorities maybe need to be uh in line or maybe you need to build up faith a little bit or something of that sort then we go on saying look at it this way what christ has done for us why would we not want to give him our best we tend to We tend to we tend to uh, basically respond to the teaching of given in three ways. So one understanding. So some of us were the understanders, which means given it a joyful act form of worship it's about uh, making god's kingdom if you act like this when responded to um given you have the joy of the lord in your heart two we are in the category of conviction or conviction uh, let's face it sometimes we're in circumstances where we can't give conviction comes through the holy spirit god loves us and he wants us to turn into different directions. It is so we must, you know, for us as children of God to take heed when conviction, you know, is over us. So, so far you're either in understanding or you're in conviction. The third one is irritation. You get so upset and irritated when you have to sit through a message about money and church. You tend to believe that false teachers give, you know, have taken advantage of good people. And this Actually, honestly, it sticks all the way back to the teaching of Paul, and that is First Tim- Timothy six, uh, eighteen through nineteen. We are going to go over four scriptures to this. So the first one is 
Timothy. Six, eighteen through nineteen. NIV. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. 19. And this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So that was the first one. The next one is Acts 17.25. NIV, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. The third, Psalms 50, 10 through 12. NIV. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all that is in it. The last one is Romans eleven thirty-five. NIV, who has ever given to God that God should repay them for from him and through him and for him all are all things to him to be the glory forever. Amen. So, uh, we're going to look through and a little bit more into how it's a form of worship so number one worship given first so we're gonna look at the maybe requirement it is a require that uh no gifts from humanity to sustain him in any way so um the first process is it's a requirement that no gifts from humanity is to sustain any way the second it can be a virtue of worship. So there's a couple of scriptures we're going to look through. Uh, the next one is Numbers 18.11. So maybe the scriptures will kind of help uh, understand this part a little bit better. NIV. This also is yours Whatever is set aside from the gifts of all the ways offering of the Israelites, I give this to you and your sons and daughter as your perpetual share. Everyone in your household who is ceremonially clean may eat it. So again, that was Numbers 18.11. Matthew 2.11.
On coming to my house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myth, or mirth, mirth, M Y R R H. <laughs> so it's those are the gifts that they gave them. Uh, Philippians four eighteen. Which everyone should know this one. I have received full payment and I have more than enough. I am imply supply now that I have received from Epidatus the gifts you sent. They are a fragment offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. So those were some uh, like scriptures related to this little section. The next one is prescribing worship. So, before we uh, express our reverence to God, uh, we can we consult the documents wherever it is as to how worship is referred. So, basically, we look through the Bible to see how worship is supposed to be biblically and then we make sure that it's a line it, it has to be a line with the bible of how we worship because if it's not a line of how we worship in the bible then we're not worshiping properly john four twenty six. and i be now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sachar, Sachar near the plot of the ground. Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's will was there. And Jesus tried as he was from the journey sat down by the well. It was about noon. Oh, I'm reading the whole thing. <laughs> oh, well. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan, water, or Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritan ten. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his son and his livestock? 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed. The water I give them will become in them in a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told us, her, go to call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place 
where we must worship is in Jerusalem? 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshiper will worship the Father and the Spirit and the truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seek. 24. God is Spirit. And his worshippers must worship in the spirit and the truth. 25. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. 26. So John bore, that was literally the story, but <laughs> John bore 26. That Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. Wow. That was a powerful message. Imagine speaking to the Father and you didn't really know that that was the Father. And then he says, hey, I'm the one you're speaking to. I'm the Messiah. Whoa. So the next one is Colossians. I think that's 2.23. And I'd be. So, 223 Colossians, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sexual indulgence. So, our given must be in content of our present um, discussion. It must align with God's instruction. So, any honest um, student of the Bible believe that given is a form of worship must align with the New Testament. So, a text. So, this is a text from Paul. Paul stated in 1 Corinthians. Now, uh, basically, now it's time for the saints to collect. I, I give order to the church of Galilee, so also do we. Uh, so, there's several points to highlight. Uh, there's several points in Paul's text in First Corinthians. Um, so, you're going to want to write this down. This is all from Paul. So, uh, the one is um, basically. Uh, Uh, obligation. So the first one is, uh, basically order sixteen times. Uh, in the New uh, Testament, and that we're gonna look over some scripture for this part. Uh, basically, it's. NIV. There he met a Jew named Aquilia, a native of 
Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome, Paul went to see them. Luke 1, 7, 7 through 10, I believe. NIV. When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There was a century, century, century. Yo, guys, I cannot say this for the life of me. Okay, so if you know this, you can understand when I say it out loud. C E N T U R I O N S. That is a long word, and I do not know how to pronounce that, so I apologize. So, your uh, the servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The C E N T U R I O N heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. For when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, "This man deserves to have you do this." Because he loved our nation and had built our synagogue. So Jesus went to him or them. He was not far from the house when the C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N sent runs to him to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Seven, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Eight. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one comes, and he comes. I say, servant, do this, and he does this. 8 or 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. 10. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found their servant well. That was a long one, but I read the whole thing again. So, the second do reflect a command. So, in then a specific specific time, uh, it means we are not limited as to when we give for the uh, benefit of others. And that is Mark 14, 17. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. And then Galatians 6, I believe it's 10. Y'all, who knows? This summer may be like all over the place. (laughs) So I hope you got something out of it. I mean, we're not even close to done. Like I told you, it's going to be a little bit of a longer one because I haven't been on in a while but I hope you at least get something out of it so Galatians 6 10 and I be therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people especially for those who belong to the family of believers so uh, then we go on saying give it is not a like drop in 
buy a check on the plate every Sunday morning. Uh, you know, as married couples, you know, we should decide on how much to give, uh, how much percentage of each paycheck, etc., etc. Uh, if you're leading a biblically biblical family, um, you should actually, um, be teaching your kids on how to give and teach them about how to budget and everything. So giving is also, you know, you can learn a lot from giving and it can also, you can educate others about giving as well. And I think that's pretty cool. So, um, basically our obligation. So here's our obligation as followers of Jesus, child of God, when it comes to giving. The responsibility of giving is on those who follow Christ. Uh, spouses, like I said, should decide, you know, how much to give and basically teach the kids to budget. So, uh, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures as well. This one is 2 Corinthians uh, 8.1, I believe. Y'all, like I said, when I wrote this, it was all over the place, so I don't even know if it makes sense or not, but hopefully it does. Hopefully it does. Hopefully you get at least something out of this. 2 Corinthians 8. And I be basically that talks about the grace of God and how basically it talks about grace of God, it talks about how it is a commandment, and it talks about, you know, how he judges based on it, and all this in 2 Corinthians 8, it's the collection for the Lord's people, it's basically what it is, uh, so this, you know, we also are obligated to give to the church treasury, so, uh, first, First Chronicles 28.1, it basically says, bring the tithes into the treasury. Uh, then it said, it's fair for us to give to the treasury every Sunday. Let's look at some biblical, um, you know, scriptures. And, like, uh, we're going to look at some scriptures to back this up. Hebrews Four four. For somewhere he's spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Like I said, I made a wrote. A wrong thing. <laughs> Sometimes I can't even read my handwriting because I, I write in such a hurry. Especially when I'm running out behind the thing that I just write in a hurry. Sometimes so I'm sorry if it's not a hundred 
timbers up for a bit tonight. Um, you know, at least I got on, and at least you guys have something for this week. Uh, the next one is Exodus thirteen twelve. Uh, remember, if you can't listen on this link, then um, we are on iTunes and we're on Zeri. All you have to do is just say Christian Coffee Time Chats and you uh, can pull it up on either one of those apps as well as Spotify. So you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of everyone so basically your offspring you're supposed to bless the child you know to god basically <laughs> uh, so basically god takes the lot in uh like receiving and giving we should set aside a reasonable portion of income to god first then adjust to you know living so most of us to do the opposite so here are uh, some percentages so the new uh, testament sets like no percentages however uh, you know the percentages can go from anywhere in the scriptures if you look it up if you research it they can go anywhere from 10% tax to all the way to 100% so really it's just what you feel right uh, to donate, and like I said, and in this teaching, it literally states that um, it depends on if you have a true, given, genuine, joyful heart more than the amount you give, and that's going to be more important to God than anything. Um, so, um, I think that's all I'm going to, well, in conclusion, as us as Christians should, um, be aware that, um, the important, important, the importance of giving a portion of his income to the church and to God, because you're not giving it to the church. You're giving it to God through the church, so it's really important. Um, friends, family, church, as we, as faithful children of God, we must exercise godly stewardship in every phase, you know, you know, in every single phase of our life, in every single step of our relationship with God, in every single day we should be living that stewardship relationship with God and we should do everything that we can biblically our 100% best because like God gave us his life God gave his life for us so we should want to in return give everything that we can to God and you know he doesn't expect us to do it all the time even though if we were to live Biblically, then yeah, he expects us to do it all the time. So that's a little bit of a, a gray line there. But again, I, when I wrote this out, I was had a long week this week, and like I said, I probably 
probably wrote the most random thing on Gibbon, and I hope that you literally, I hope that you, uh, really got some good points out of it and some valid points, and if not, then we will, uh, be back next week with an episode, and I hope you guys have a good night, and again, we are on Spotify, iTunes, and, um, Zeri, so y'all have a wonderful Thursday and a good weekend, and I will see you sometime next week. Bye!